What will become of Dawn and Betty? What's gonna happen to Pete and Peggy? For Kate, it's a mystery. For Ashley, a mystery. It's time to hear Mad Women. Hey! Hi! Hello! Welcome back to Mad Women. It's the first episode of the second season. Holy moly. I'm Kate. I'm Ashley. I hear that, I've been told that our voices sound different enough that people don't have a problem. Though I was told that by my father, and if anyone can recognize my voice (laughs) versus someone else's, it really should be him. True, right. So. Well, and our our friends are, I think, the other ones who are listening to this, (laughs) and I think they also (laughs) know our voices. Yeah. So if you're a stranger out there listening to us, hi, and let us know if you can't tell the difference between us, and we'll, you know, seek help for you <laughs> I think we have by helping i think we have pretty distinct voices hell yeah we do hell, hell yeah um we do. so it's been two months since we last recorded and so much has happened has it been two, two months? months yes our last recording was late october and now it is december wowza oh my i know that, i didn't feel like and since then we're now on the pod planet ant podcast network happy to be here we're very excited we've got six episodes that have been released and we're starting to like get feedback so we're both very aware (laughs) of everything we do (laughs) yeah Yeah. Uh, right like you know everything we have recorded up until this point we have only Mm -hmm. joked about our numbers our million of followers (laughs) And, yeah. now, and now we actually do have millions of followers. Millions and millions. There's so many. I know. Another thing that changed is I actually got a book on Mad Men so that I might know what I'm talking about. And that book <laughs> is called Mad Men Carousel, The Complete Critical Companion by Matt Zoller Seitz. I'm so excited. And I'm just I'm just going to say that now so that when I start referring to things that are smarter than my personal analysis right. abilities, credit that to Mr. MZS. Okay. So we're talking for those that think young. For the, uh, now listen, for those who think young, uh-huh. don't you get it wrong. Oh, I messed it up from the beginning. My oh, apologies. <laughs> <laughs> for a minute, I, I almost forgot how I can see the episode title. And I was like, ah, shit, I can't uh-huh. do it again. <laughs> and then I, I got there. <laughs> okay. It just took a minute. It's been two months. Yes. It makes sense. So as we do with every episode, we're going to begin with your predictions. I'm excited. And you had one general prediction for season two. And that was that some shit is going to happen. <laughs> some shit is going to go okay. down. That was just what you're th- And you know what? I'm sure... We're on the yeah. we're on our way. For season two, episode one, you said it was going to be 1961. Already failed. Is it not 1961? It's not 19. It's 1962. Oh shit! Wait a minute. Wait. What? I know. Wait a yeah, minute. that really. Well, let's. I'm sorry that I how even spoiled I, it. <laughs> how did I miss that? I honestly didn't notice it until I was reading about the tour that Jackie O or okay. Jackie K gives of the White House is Valentine's Day of 1962. Oh. And it actually makes sense 
because otherwise we're just going from Thanksgiving to Valentine's Day and like Peggy is skinny and she's working on all of these things and uh, there's just a lot okay. everyone is in a very different place and so okay. knowing that yeah, it kind of yeah, makes yeah, sense yeah. that more time has passed yeah. but yeah I totally was like oh, it's it was fall and now it's winter that's how this works. well you know what they're saying you need to be smart enough to know history to really understand <laughs> you need yeah. a very specific knowledge of the mm-hmm. kennedy presidency also i mean he had just been elected and so he would have been inaugurated like a month late before, january right. not even a month yeah but still i don't think there was anything specific that said it was no because i would have noted it so you totally would, would have noted have. it what we what you predicted was that Peggy's baby would be growing exponentially. Can't stop, won't stop growing. So it's three to four months old, but it'll look seven years old, specifically. And she brings this giant baby to the office, but continues to not acknowledge it. But Pete sees this baby and is like, hey, I'm only 14 years old, but I've grown exponentially. This must be a Campbell baby. I didn't even know these boys were working yet. <laughs> I'm really... Now listen, I have completely forgotten about every single one of these predictions, and I'm really yeah. tickled by myself right now. It's fantastic. <laughs> you said for, I guess, the 13th time that Betty was going to have fallen off the deep end. <laughs> you consistently predict that Betty's going off the deep end. She would be stalking Glenn on a ladder outside her window. He would be telling her, my mommy says you can't come in. She would say, I don't care. And yeah, it would just be full on yeah. okay. wild Betty. Okay. She would also confront Don about his infidelities and he would go, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> and that would be the end of it. You, would, you said that Bert, because his partner, Roger Sterling, is out of it, Bert would start wearing shoes because <laughs> someone has to wear the shoes in this office. You threw in another prediction was that somebody was going to play Frisbee because it would just be a pop culture icon. And you were right about certain pop culture icons, not that one. And then you said the Rilingo would be, what you doing, Johnny? (laughs) Johnny being Peggy's baby. So that was an action-packed prediction. (laughs) And you nailed every one. Now listen, when we make when we make this YouTube um, channel uh-huh. that is that is this Bizarro Mad Men, I'm real excited yeah. to see that episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because oh. we're getting into like science fiction. Yeah, in some ways, there's a lot. There's mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's um, mm-hmm. yeah. there's some frisbee. There's there's definitely frisbee. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to. Oh, boy. Okay. That tickled me. So, the real episode. Not not the good one that we're writing. Let's not not label Mm -hmm. it real and not real. All right. So, now I've been re-listening to our early episodes that are out. (laughs) And in the first one, I asked you about the theme song. And then you hadn't heard about it. Or you didn't pay attention to it. Now, I do want to ask you again. What do you think of the theme song? Oh, I like it. And the opening credits. Yeah, I like it a lot. I do like that opening theme song. It's interesting, the opening credits, how he's kind of like tumbling through space, mm-hmm. which is an interesting choice. But Don Draper's kind of a fucking mess yeah. and fumbling through life a yeah. little bit. But no, I do very much like the theme song. 
Oh, and yeah. and uh-huh. and we can talk more about it as this episode unfolds because there are some instances in this episode that were noteworthy to me when they happen. We'll talk talk about them. But <laughs> that's the point of this podcast. Well, okay, thank you. <laughs> um, but remember how early on I mentioned that there's very little underscoring that mm-hmm. when the song comes in at the end of the episode, it was kind of jarring to me because it was the first time that music had really happened. Now that the podcast is out, a friend mm-hmm. of mine, oh, somebody that you also know, mm-hmm. got in touch and told me, explained the term. Like there's a term for that. Yeah. And it is called diegetic sound. Or wait, okay. is it non-diegetic? Okay, hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> there is no non-diegetic sound in Mad Men. There's very little non-diegetic. But there's not There's no. not no. Right, right, right. There's not no. There's very little. Like it definitely happens. But they use both kinds. Right. So diegetic. Di- okay, here's what it is. Diegetic sound yeah. is sounds that happen in the actual episode so like a band playing their instruments yeah the telephone ringing somebody coughing those are that's all diegetic sound Mm -hmm. non-diegetic sound is like underscoring it's not actually happening in the world it's overlaid yeah and there's very little non-diegetic sound in Mad Men which is interesting to me except for this episode and maybe more going forward but very often and maybe the once you hadn't noticed. Well, now and... listen. <laughs> I'm tracking it more more carefully now. Now that I have a term. Yes. Listen, I couldn't yeah. fully grasp it until I had mm-hmm. the terminology. Yeah. Because now when I hear it, I'm, I'm going to be now... like, oh, non-diegetic sound. <laughs> Huzzah. And <laughs> that's exactly how Matthew Weiner intended it, <laughs> is just like that. He was like, uh, only nerds um, will be able to hear yes. this. They can't hear it <laughs> unless they're nerdy enough to right. know what it's called. It's like how they say that the Native mm. Americans didn't see the Pilgrim's ships coming in because they had no schema for the white huh. sails. So it wasn't until they got closer. Oh. They couldn't even like uh-huh. see the ships out on the horizon. Yeah. Because their brains had never seen that. They had no schema. They couldn't see it. And then it got closer, and they're like, oh, maybe that's a thing. So we're, like, being colonized by the music in exactly. Mad Men. Well, okay. for those who think young, <laughs> starts off with music that's playing in the background that's not really... There's a word for that. It doesn't matter. Uh, where we're seeing everybody get dressed, and they're all looking yeah, fine. they're getting ready. Because it's Valentine's Day. I read that season two of... The Sopranos began similarly with a like, hey, we just had a kick-ass first season that everybody loves and expectations are high. Here's where everybody Mm -hmm. is right now. And you got Joan with a red dress. Peggy is all skinny. Yeah. She's all bean poly. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Trudy is putting cufflinks on Pete. Don is getting a lock on his office door. Which is very strange. He was changing the lock. It looks like he was changing them. According to my sources which is actually the internet, not my book. (laughs) Matthew Weiner has said that at this time, having a lock on your door indicated prestige. So he wouldn't have had a lock, but now that he is a partner in Sterling Cooper, now he's in his same office, right? He didn't move up to a bigger office? I think so. I think he's in the same Hmm. office. Because there was was the scene where he was taunting Pete with Roger's office. 
but this I think he's just in the same office. Mm. Now, another thing I read was that a lock on his door would make it harder for someone to come in and steal his well, mail yeah. and possibly expose his yeah. secret life. So There's you that. Know. There's always that. But also he was made a partner in late 60. 1960, and now it's early 1962, right. so why are they just putting her around to that? Whatever. Who knows? <laughs> Betty's riding a Betty horse. Betty is riding a horse. And then Don is taking his clothes hey, off. Hey, I'm never mad at that. I'm never mad yeah. at that. Everyone else is getting dressed, and he's getting undressed, because he's got to go mm-hmm. against the grain. And the doctor tells him- You're a big one. Or no, the yeah, nurse. Yeah, the nurse. You're a big one. There were a lot of sexual innuendo talk in, in this- In this doctor scene? There was a lot of that's what she said in this episode. Okay. Well, Point them out to we'll me. Point them anyway, out to me when they come. I will. I will. Yeah, I love how the doctor, you know, so he's at the doctor's office. The doctor asks him, you know, why is it, why do you only come in when your insurance uh-huh. says you have to? Which is such a yeah. man thing. Ugh. Yeah. Man. Because you know who did go to the doctor? Not for a physical? Peggy. Oh. Mm. Betty. All right, but also, I have not been to the doctor for a physical in five years, so I go for other things. I went for a physical a couple years ago, and my doctor was like, you're, like, fine. You don't have to do this. And I said, okay. So, I don't know. I went right before I turned 30, and my doctor said, we don't Mm -hmm. need to do all the blood work. You're not 30 yet. And I said, okay, cool. I'm just never going to come back. (laughs) Because then you won't do the blood work. Once you turn 30... There right. you go. Now I'm almost 35, so. Foolproof. You may not even have blood. And then I thought it was funny how Don said that he had three drinks a week. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said he, he upped it to five. Yeah. Well, I love when the the L-O-L. doctor says, uh, is it liquor, wine, beer? And he says everything, uh-huh. depending on the day. <laughs> Come on, man. I also like that the doctor prescribes him phenobarbital to relax. Yeah. And that's really funny to me because my ex-husband, his parents had a dog that had would have seizures. Uh-huh. And he was on phenobarbs. And phenobarbs are just, they're just funny to me, just kind of in general, because here was a dog on phenobarbs. But their uh-huh. other dog one time ate the, like, he knocked the pill bottle over and ate the entire bottle. And so they like freaked out. They're like, oh my God. And they called the emergency vet. And the emergency vet is like, uh-huh. put a little bit of hydrogen peroxide in his water. He'll lick it. He'll, you know, drink it and barf. Uh-huh. Otis, the one who actually needed the phenobarbs, smells yeah. the water, barfs all over. <laughs> Fred, uh-huh. who ate all the phenobarbs, drinks yeah. the entire bowl and is fine. Doesn't barf. <laughs> Nothing happens. He's just this big old dumbass lumpy dog who was just asleep, I guess, for like 20 hours. And then he was fine. So hearing phenobarbs, that's all I can think of. It'll be interesting to see how that plays into Don. Like, does he throw up? Does he drink a lot of right. water. Does he Does sleep he a long sleep time? Forever. I also like that moment where the doctor says, you know, you need to slow down. You're 36 years old. And Donna's like, That's or am I? <laughs> he gives that look like, mm, Yeah, that's, what, that's you think. what you think, buddy. How old is he really? I don't know. He's, he what, was... what year was it when he was in Korea? Because he was 18. Oh, heck. Ah, heck. Look in your, yeah. look in your Bible. Look in your show Bible. 
Wasn't it 10 years before? We can all right, that all right, another, another day. So we got over to Betty is talking to a new friend with the horses mm-hmm. about their fat daughters. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Betty's like, well, at yeah. least she's thin. My fat ass Sally. Yeah. Good lord! Exactly. It's a good thing that she stopped eating. Right. Well, she has been thinning down. And then there's this dude that grins at them on a horse, but like is too embarrassed to get off of the Mm -hmm. horse in front of them. And Betty's friend is like, yeah, he's engaged. I'm married. We're flirting. Who Mm -hmm. cares? He's 25. And uh, Betty's a little bit unsure if that's a good idea. Well, I mean, you can tell she wants to flirt as well. Yeah, but she still calls it out. She she always, it's like with the divorcee, like when she, when she comes into contact with someone who is breaking the rules, she's into it, but she also likes to put them down right. and like be above right. them as like a weird defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Oh, Betty. And it happens later in the episode. Yeah, oh yeah, it does. We'll get there. We'll get there. So we've got a copy machine that has arrived and everyone's freaking out about it. Yes. And everything that the guy says to Joan is really dirty. <laughs> this is where all of that's what she says come from. Everything Maybe it's just my rocks? head. All right, g- give them to me. That's what she he says. says. Tell me. <laughs> I, I didn't write. Uh-huh. I didn't write down the first one okay. word for word until the second, the next one. So it was like something like, tell me where to put it. Okay. And then she says, it's much bigger than they said it would be. And then the guy's like, I'll try it as many places okay. as you want. Okay. And I'm okay. sorry. It was, it was too right. much. Now listen, the first two, I was like, you're just reaching. But that third one, all right, I'm with you now. I'm with Thank you. Thank you. I mean, when you have all, when that's all yes. of them, okay. come on. All right. And this is also where we officially find out it is Valentine's right. Day. Right. Because they love holidays on this show. Well, that's how, that's how we can track when we are supposed to record. Mm-hmm. Right. You it's know? weird that they have Valentine's Day on December 18th. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And two years later. I mean, this is December 18th, 1960. <laughs> that's canon. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know why they're going against yeah. it. There, that is a continuity error. Right, that's so. true. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to Mr. Weiner about that. Thank you, because that is garbage. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Also, what's his name has has a beard now, or did he always have it and I just forgot? <laughs> but I was very Which, struck by what's his, his beard. Name? Harry Kinsey. Kinsey. Harry. Did he have glasses? I don't know. I think it was Kinsey. <laughs> I feel like it was probably Kinsey. It was the one who wrote the play Anna. about Joan. Mm, on... Yeah, that's that's Kinsey. Yeah, he didn't have a beard last season. All right, that is Kinsey. Thank you. See, yeah, I noticed things. Great job. Thank you. Yeah, time has passed, time and now has... he's a bearded. Well, and we're man. we're moving along, you know, into the mm-hmm. '60s where it's more acceptable for men right. to keep their facial hair. Mm-hmm. So that yes. was very interesting. Yes. Finally, men started getting some liberation in the 60s. <laughs> they were able to express themselves and not be, you know. They weren't. These straight right. white men, they you know, had no for so long, they had been held down by, by yeah. these unrealistic expectations of male yeah. beauty. Yeah. Um, and it was really nice that they, you know, started mm-hmm. branching out and accepting 
accepting their their yeah. bodies. <laughs> Radical acceptance. That's what mad men have yep. been looking for. So in the conference room, there's a group of people waiting on a meeting to start with Dawn. I mean, it's like everybody. It's it's the whole gaggle. Yeah. Plus Peggy, because now Peggy's gaggle. part of this gaggle. Mm-hmm. And they're waiting. There's lunch, but they're afraid to start eating because they don't want Dawn to yell at them. But they're mm-hmm. all starving. And they do keep poking at Peggy to play the role of secretary. Right. They're they're like, go, you know, ask her about the glasses, send her to go find Dawn. And when she leaves, there's some uh, little chitter chatter about what they think happened mm-hmm. to Peggy. Well, they say she dropped nine pounds. Uh, no, that was way more than no, nine pounds. That He was being okay. facetious. Okay. He was saying she had a baby. She, it was like eight pounds, six ounces or something like that. He was saying the weight of a baby. He said nine pounds. Did he? He may have oh, said okay. nine I, pounds. No, I, I didn't don't know, know if he... I forgot and he was more specific and I just rounded up. I mean, but, okay. I, I like to say all babies weigh like eight <laughs> pounds and six ounces. So that's where I'm coming from. But yes. Okay. Okay. And also, I don't know who that guy is. His name was Dale, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Now wait a minute. So you think that they were insinuating that she had a baby? A hundred. One person says Draper knocked oh, her up. Oh, that's right. That's right. Draper knocked her up. Okay. Yeah. She went away for a few months. Okay. But then Pete says Fat Farm. Confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought we had to confirm. But it, they also think that somehow her weight loss and her moving up right the ladder are related. So they're trying to figure out, are they, is he, she sleeping with okay, Draper but now? Here's a question. Or did they sleep together before? Here's a question. Uh-huh. Do you think she told Draper what happened? Because if she was gone for a few, oh, look at your face. That means you know something. <laughs> I don't know. That means you know something. I don't know. Why would ah, I know? Curse me a, for not uh, having ever seen this show. A month and like three, no, a year and three months has passed. And we don't know what happened during right. that time. We also, I don't know if you noticed this. Do not see a baby in this episode, so we don't know oh, no, what's no, that happened. That baby is gone. <laughs> that, Where's the baby? baby? No longer exists. It exists. I mean, it oh. exists. <laughs> it exists in yeah. the the larger world, but not in Peggy's world. It's given up for adoption. Okay. Here's what happened. Here's okay. what happened at the end of season <laughs> one. Nurse walks in and says, "Don't you at least want to hold him?" And Peggy says, my fat face can't turn to see that baby. I won't do it. You can't make me. Yeah. And the nurse looks down at this little baby and she says, oh, you're a sweet little angel baby. You didn't do nothing to hurt nobody. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take you home back to my apartment Mm -hmm. where I take all babies born to (laughs) secretaries who are not quite ready and their faces Mm. won't look at them. (laughs) So the nurse... These are the face repellent babies. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So the nurse takes the baby home and has yeah. an additional, like, you know, the hospital nursery set up with all the little beds and the glass window. Yeah. She has a room at home sure. that looks exactly the same. <laughs> and she just puts it in there. But it does have the viewing, the viewing window, window. Just like exactly. for guests. Yeah. It has it's not all just the like little, a big room with no, no, babies. No, no, it has all the cots, yeah. you know, set up, lined up. Oh, yeah. The viewing window. All the boys have little footballs. All the girls have exactly. little dollies. So you can tell yeah. the difference. Until they get too large to fit in those little yeah. cots. Yeah, which with a Campbell baby, you know, exactly. is going to be It's going to be exponential growth. Yes. At that point, I think she... <laughs> she... Uh-huh. <laughs> Go on. 
she oh oh she gives the babies <laughs> yeah. to her um twin sister who is yeah. a uh uh like a daycare owner yeah that makes so sense. just th- these children just move along this family mm-hmm. line of different types yeah. of caretakers so they start with the nurse, they go to the daycare worker, they eventually go to the right. teacher, and they just sort of move along the family line in that way. So that's where Peggy's baby is. Yeah. Okay. I Thank you for explaining that, because I didn't know where it was. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Man. <laughs> Perfect. So Peggy, newly skinny and much gossiped Ooh. about, goes to Don's new secretary, who is Lois, the former switchboard operator, who was crushing right. on Sal last season. I remembered season, her. And was also in the Mad TV sketch, that's, that's which right. we discussed. That's right. Lois does this thing that kind of comes up later, where she's still treating Peggy like a gossipy secretary sister, but Peggy is like, you're not doing this right, and and is both being like, I was a better secretary to Don than you are, and I'm not a secretary anymore. But was so. she a better secretary? Because now listen, she so she comes yeah. up to Lois and she says, "Where's Mr. Draper?" Uh-huh. And, and Lois says, "He called. He said he's going to the movies." Pinocchio, and she kind of laughs. And Betty yeah. walks away. No, Peggy walks uh-huh. away. She comes back and she says, "Are you insinuating something?" And Lois uh-huh. is like, "But bitch, I don't. What you talking about?" And yeah. Peggy says, "I want you to imagine that he's standing right behind you at all times." But now Peggy. Mm-hmm. What did you do when yeah. you went and ran your little mouth to Joan when he was <laughs> legitimately sleeping around? Or, you know, you yeah. said as much. You didn't even insinuate. Yeah. <laughs> this is true, but I will counter with Joan is the queen of the secretaries. Peggy is a copywriter. And so that kind of comes up later when Joan talks to right. Lois and says, "You have she's not Peggy, she's Ms. Right. Olsen. Whereas Joan is Joan. Right. And so she's she's telling tales out of school, and Peggy is no longer a member of that mm. school. She graduated. She, she moved on up. She's like she those babies no who are graduating yeah. through the nurse's family. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I mean, that was definitely something Matthew Weiner, like, he, he just put it in the episode yeah. for really good analysts. <laughs> to uh, pick up on and we did it all right but now listen i don't know that i like peggy anymore she's she's a bossy bitch not a boss bitch in this episode it's like it's like that episode of parks and rec where like later in the series where donna gets caught sending or like tweeting from the parks Uh and rec twitter account but like as herself yeah and she says you know blah 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 whatever about leslie hashtag Uh bitch boss and then later it's like hashtag boss bitch so there's like the boss bitch is like the cool you got this going on and bitch boss is like girl you're annoying me i fully want to jump on the donna meagle meagle you did it meagle yeah i wanted to say donna noble who is Catherine Tate's character in Doctor Who. Okay, I don't Different know anything about that. But, yeah. Okay, it's our next show, uh, podcast. <laughs> Doctress Who. Doctress. <laughs> um, but Peggy is definitely hashtag bitch boss right now. I yeah. don't know if she is earning that strumpet trumpet. 
Yeah. I mean, I think she's like put on this armor to play with the big boys and it's not Well, but you know what? She was kind of like that last season too. Yes, she was. She's getting a little too big for her britches. She's still a junior ass copywriter. She's a junior ass copywriter. She's she's making it she's I don't know, I'll defend Peggy. I defend everybody on this show. <laughs> That's my job is just to be like, yeah, don't not like them. I like them. They're going to be okay. Know. We'll see. We'll see. She might regain um, that title, but for right now, we'll see. Yeah. Don't write I, Peggy. Oh, off I would never. Yet, I would please. never write her off. <laughs> so we see Don is clearly not planning to eat lunch in the conference room at the office. He's eating at a bar and some guy is reading a book called Meditations in an Emergency. Mm-hmm. For some reason Don is drawn to it. And the guy's like, mm, I don't think your kind would enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, he is very sassy. Yeah, right? Everybody's so sassy. And then another big jump, another thing that indicates that a lot of time has probably passed is we see Roger talking to Joan about Joan's potential fiance. And Roger is back and he's healthy. Yes. Last time apparently. we well, right. He <laughs> and faithful. Right. He has color in his yeah. face. He's moving about yeah. without having a 17th heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Not in this app anyway. Right. Oh good. Something to look forward to. Oh, I I did not mean to imply anything. Cuz I don't okay. remember anything. <laughs> but yes, Joan and Sterling back back at it. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. She is still not his secretary, correct? Whose secretary is she? She's the queen of the secretary. So she's not she's to... like the manager. Okay, she's not like any one person's secretary. No. I see. Every now and then she'll like fill in if somebody goes home sick or if there's an emergency. Okay. So she's like the office administrator. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's got a lot more responsibility. She started as a secretary. Right. And moved her way up. Right. Okay. Okay. Then old Duck Phillips, who's the head of accounts. Yeah. He's the head of accounts. Wait a minute. He brings Roger. Wait a minute. What's up? Wait a minute. Yes, Joan ma'am. and Sterling, and, and Sterling is talking about this Jewish doctor guy, and they're yeah. making it clear that, did you already say this, that he's going to propose? Yeah. That's, okay. When I was saying just that that's more time has oh, right, passed because Potential fiance. I missed that. Yeah. So what do you think about, about this? Joan says he's not Jewish, but Roger says... In a way of, like, insulting him that he used to be Jewish in a weird yeah. anti-Semitic right. way. But you have I, no thoughts on that? <laughs> on, on, the, on, the, uh, <laughs> on the slamming of the Jewish people? No, just on, on, on Joan's oh, relationship. Oh, well, yes, I was very curious. Well, okay, but here's why. Because I thought yeah. we were in 1961. I was like, how is she already about to get engaged? <laughs> But I mean, she mm-hmm. says, I already know what day he's going to ask me. And there's a penalty yeah. for missing that date. Mm. Right. That's right. She's a boss bitch. Yeah. She is strumpet trumpet all day. That's right. She's going to get a whole yeah. horn section. I'm going to throw in a French <laughs> horn, a sousaphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now we can talk about. It's going to be an interesting horn section with both concert and marching horns. She's a, That's... She's a complex lady. She deserves yeah. it. That's true. So then Duck Phillips comes in with this issue with coffee, that kids are drinking Pepsi, they're not drinking coffee, and he wants kids to be running stuff, but he's too scared to tell Dawn. And I really like the line, they pour it on their frosted flakes, because that just sounds so gross to drink Pepsi on frosted flakes. Also, I will point out that I think they mentioned it, Pepsi's tagline was for those who think young. So that's Uh... where 
the title mm-hmm. comes from. Oh, uh, that makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. now. That it's not just pulled out of thin air. Yeah. 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 I mean, I figured it was something. <laughs> yeah. Some kind Fair. of something. But okay, that makes more sense. There's a lot of mentioning, mentioning of Pepsi in this episode. I mean, now that right? makes more sense given the title. Yeah. Later, when Roger eventually tells right. Don that he needs to get more young talent, Don says, I'll dangle a Pepsi out the window and see if I can catch a stroller. Yes, I loved that line. And it is weird that both of the people would talk about Pepsi. Like, I'm wondering if Pepsi was just, like, exploded over the last year that... Um, hmm, that's a good question. Because it's just on their mind. Let's look that up. When did Pepsi become popular? 1902? I'm, I'm just wondering if, like, the For Those That Think Young slogan, if that ad campaign was maybe big in that... I mean, mm. it must have been. If there it was, was also a film in 1964, For Those Who Think Young. Well, that's in the future. That's um, very interesting. So Don finally does come in late to this conference room meeting mm-hmm. and everyone's starving then they just give him a bunch of pitches for mohawk airlines that are plays on mohawk right and native americans and don tells them there has to be advertising for people who don't have a sense of humor i loved that i also wrote that line down that was yeah. a really funny line which is true because most people are dumb dumb idiots who don't have senses of humor <laughs> and aren't smart enough to understand that pun it's so true and they'll take things mm-hmm. literally and then he goes on this monologue about like adventures and, yes. and chieftains and pirates. And he says stuff. it's it's about adventure, fantastical people taking you somewhere you've never been. Blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like he bored himself yes. talking yes. about that because <laughs> it had some of the qualities of a classic Draper epiphany of like him thinking about it and saying stuff and everybody listening and rapt attention but it was just too early in the episode for it to be <laughs> the yeah. good one and then he says you want to go somewhere go up her skirt mm, mm-hmm. rude i mean listen yeah it's that is not appropriate don draper now that you have a woman copywriter let's yeah. be a little bit less chauvinistic that's interesting that you say bit. that because later he's in the elevator with two people right. from another floor or office. Right. They're talking graphically about a date that one of them went on. Oh my lord. And a woman yes. comes in. She is very uncomfortable. Don is, yeah. And Don. He's enjoying it. He's enjoying it well, at he's, first. He's like amused by. I think it's them. like him kind of remembering that life himself. Like yeah. kind of living vicariously a little bit mm-hmm. or like. Because now that he's a monk. Right. Right. <laughs> And doesn't doesn't involve himself with the opposite exactly. sex Exactly. We'll get there. We're getting ahead of ourselves. But just like that was a small scene. I liked the way instead of telling him shut up, he's like take your yeah. hat off, which is like a different be polite. Right. Don't be a. It was a way jerk. of saying you're being rude mm-hmm. without you know ah. saying hey there's a lady on here stop talking about some wet ass pussies. <laughs> Exactly. Don Draper could have written that song. He would definitely enjoy it a lot. <laughs> so then, after the adventure monologue where he bores himself, mm-hmm. what do we see but Miss Carla at the sink of the Draper household washing dishes? How about that? Okay. Is there, is there something you're trying to say here, Kate? Is there something you would like to... I think that the mystery to... of... <laughs> the mystery of... 
let the girl do it in reference to washing dishes. Uh, now listen, I think it uh-huh. still could. <laughs> I uh-huh. I stand I stand by that. I think he meant uh-huh. what's her dumbass name, Sally. You still think <laughs> that Sally was the one who's supposed to wash dishes, but this hired servant <laughs> washing dishes was not the girl that he wanted. He wasn't to wash in that dishes. episode. Okay. In huh? that in that original episode where yeah. I thought he was talking Carla about Carla wasn't Sally. there? No. Okay. Leave it for the girl. All right, now listen. Great. Fine, Kate. <laughs> you win. I will relent. Yes. I did it. You did it. I finally. You broke my spirit. <laughs> mm. That's I'm done the with this The girl podcast now. is Carla. Sally is making a valentine for her daddy and wants to pull off Betty's boots, which is very funny. In the most very awkward funny. way possible. <laughs> but they're so big, she rides the boots off of Betty's legs <laughs> and then puts them on. And she wants to ride. And Betty says, you remember what happened to the little girl in Gone with the Wind. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened. I looked it up and she dies. Riding a horse? In a fall from her oh. pony. Yeah. Oh. Chicago Tribune says it was a scene that had moviegoers sobbing in 1939. Oh, that does sound <sighs> sad as hell. Yeah. So there you go. That's my what happened. <laughs> Remember what happened. You, you could die. die. My students today, mm-hmm. my third graders, they came to my class after having just left their, their regular class. This was our last day before winter break. And three of the little boys, third graders, are just sobbing. Uh-huh. They're sobbing. Yeah. And one of... Did they just watch Gone with the Wind? Well, not Gone with the Wind, <laughs> but one of the little girls, uh-huh. she's like, Miss Davis, X, Y, and Z are crying because Mrs. So-and-so made us watch this movie where a dog died and he just died <gasps> just now. And we had to come to your class. Uh-huh. And I was like... that's terrible i was going to read this somewhat sad book instead let's do this other thing do you know what the movie was i don't know no i didn't ask i think it was john wick (laughs) (laughs) what's the what's Uh, the zombie movie with will smith and the dog Oh, I, am, I legend. am legend. Yeah, that's probably that's what, it. That's what the third graders were watching. I imagined Will Ferrell when you said <laughs> Will Smith, and I was like, that's an interesting film that I don't know about, but that's just not I want to see that film. Right? So, we're back to Roger, who does not respect Don's new locks, and just comes mm-hmm. in and doesn't want to mm-hmm. drink alone, and is here to be the liaison for Duck, and is like, we want... I, I, think, I think Roger refers to them as recently wean <laughs> which is a very funny way of talking about young people and then don gives his needle in a haystack speech you want to be the needle not right. the haystack and right young people don't know anything right. especially that they're young <laughs> yeah he's really like like why is he so mad at young people is it because his doctor sold because him? he's secretly young oh. i think i think that's part of it i think part of it is that his doctor is like you're old as fuck get yeah. your shit together and I think the other part is he's younger than he's letting on because he yeah. had to take over this older person's identity. Right. It's a really good point. I would really like to know how old he is. So, I mean, <laughs> if, figure that out. if it was 19, I think it was 1950 that he was 18. Uh huh. The Korean War went from 1950 to 1953. I think they say in uh-huh. that episode that it was 1950. So in 1960, okay. he would have been 28. So now he's 30. You know, thirty-one, thirty. Uh huh. Which is not young, but it's younger yeah. than he is 
portraying Uh himself. So I think that's part of it. Part of his like, no young people. We're old and smart. One quick thing. I just found that he was born in 1926. Okay. And so that makes him 36. I'm very confused. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. That doesn't make no kind of sense. Oh, no, it doesn't. He was born in 1926. That's what it says in your show Bible? That's what it says on Wikipedia. Okay, don't trust Wikipedia. All right, you're right. Never trust Wikipedia. I mean, does it say in your show Bible how old he is? I don't have, no, I don't have, you're making up something I don't have. I have a book that's a compilation of articles. It's not a biography. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I mean, if he was born in 1926... He would have been 24 uh-huh. when he was in Korea. He was not that old because he had just left home. He was Look, 18. I don't know what to tell you. Don't trust me. I'm I don't know what to tell furious. You. You're so mad and I'm feeling it and I respect it and I want to get to the bottom of it, but I don't think we can solve this right now. Right. Is it going to be okay if we work on this later? All right. I'm crabby about it, okay. though. <laughs> You're so mad. <laughs> Well then, let's talk about let's talk about Don at the fancy hotel. Okay, all right. Which was the Savoy, and there we have a slowed down video with strange music have and whatnot. Diegetic sound, mm-hmm. not non-diegetic, but indeed diegetic. How do Dianetics work uh... in this? Which is L. Ron Hubbard's book that started right. That's Scientology. a Scientology thing. Shit. Maybe, maybe if you listen mm-hmm. to enough diegetic sound, yes. Dianetics happens. I'll be honest. I don't know what Dianetics okay. actually are. <laughs> uh, same. Okay. But once again, we'll do this later. <laughs> we'll come back next episode. We'll know everything about Dianetics. <laughs> I've got another book to read. And, uh, you know, we'll just okay. see where that takes I us. I like it. So Betty and Don run into Wait, an hang old... On. Before we get there, go on. Before we get there, I have to talk about this moment. So Betty's coming down the stairs. Everything is slowed down. Don turns to look at her, and he he Uh looks all like goo goo eyed, like oh she's so beautiful. She's she's wearing a pink dress, and she's just so beautiful. But then Mm -hmm. at eighteen minutes fifty two seconds, he makes the strangest like pinch face. He's like. Like, he makes yeah. this really pinchy yeah. face, and I was so confused. It looks like a mis- like a mistake, like a, like, <laughs> like, uh-huh. a, like a mistake or something, like something they should have cut yeah. and used a different take of, but they kept it in, uh-huh. and I just, I need somebody to under, help me understand why they made mm-hmm. Don, Don Draper look like that, because it's not good. So is he, like... Is it like like a like a micro expression kind of thing where all of a sudden his face changes? It looks like his face is saying, "Oh shit, hold in that fart. Don't gamble on a fart. You oh. might lose." Okay. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes he does a little squinty thing when he's being thoughtful. Okay. I mean, they've been through some stuff, right? Like Right. The last season, you know, she was getting closer and closer to him having an affair and uncovering that and he had this realization that he wanted to spend time with his family and so i don't know he's still on the fence about having a life partner i think yeah 
But I don't know, that's interesting. And I would say that I would be very doubtful that anything in that scene is a mistake. All right. Um, All right. You know, well, I did like, not. I'm sure it's intentional. I did not like his face. That's all I'm going to say. I didn't like your okay, face, Don. That. Anyways, then they then they run into Juanita Carl. Yeah. They run in, into Juanita, who Betty, I wrote Betty is actual dumb here. <laughs> not just bad acting right. dumb. But Curtis is from Detroit. That was yeah, exciting. Holla. <laughs> yeah, gross old businessmen come from the state where we are. Yes. And I found out that Juanita was played by Mrs. Gavin Newsom who is now the governor of California. Oh. So there you okay. go. Okay. All right. At the time, he was lieutenant governor. Yeah. Okay. It's just a fun little... I mean, you've got Gavin Newsom marries an actress, Prince Harry marries an actress. It's very popular for politicians and yes. actresses to marry together. I mean, that all makes Prince sense. Prince Harry's a politician, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not a significant sentence, but the sentence, she's a party girl, bets, is just like always been in my head. I like that line yeah because well party girl is a fun yeah, phrase it is a fun phrase and i love <laughs> i love when betty says well how do you know that <laughs> and he says how stupid do you think i am <laughs> right like that was real sneaky right <laughs> but right. like don's like wah, wah, you're not gonna catch me <laughs> no way i don't have to pay for it exactly i think it's it's interesting so they were both they were roommates they were both models and, like, Don swept up Betty, and now she's on this trajectory of, like, the quote-unquote perfect life, but then Juanita is a party girl and right. is not in that respectable world. It's kind of a, you know, seeing a different, an alternate reality that she could have been a part of, but she's also like, oh, so. Right. I think she's Trading definitely, a... like, mm -hmm. intrigued by it. Mm -hmm. She just likes coming into contact with people who are living a different life. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you think. I think that Betty was actually really disappointed that they just went to the hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. She I mean, was that so whole dressed scene, up. She was so dressed up. She was so ready for like a fun night out. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, I could totally relate to that. Yeah. I have definitely been in situations where you're all dressed up. You're finally out for the night. You're away from the uh -huh. kids you think you're about to have this like special night with your partner and uh -huh. then it just is kind of like okay it's done yeah like, we did this little thing but we're not doing anything else it's just kind of done yeah and then they go to the hotel room uh-huh she goes to the, i mean all of this was so relatable of, of just like old bored married couple yeah so she hands don the valentine i wrote i literally wrote valentine from the girl <laughs> <laughs> Uh -huh. She gives him Sally's Valentine. She goes into the bathroom and they're just still kind of chatting. It's not like, yeah. let me slip into something more comfortable. Mm -hmm. They're just continuing their conversation while she's in the bathroom. And she comes out in this like super sexy lingerie. Uh huh. But then that's it. There's like, yeah. there's no real. <laughs> gets under the covers. <laughs> right. Like yeah. he gets up and goes to the bathroom or something and she just pulls the covers back. Yeah. She just kind of stands like a mannequin and is like, okay. Yeah, I'm done she, now. She literally just stands there like, here it is. Yeah. It's not like she doesn't strike a pose. She doesn't mm -hmm. say anything. She doesn't, she doesn't even give him the eyes. Yeah. It's literally She's, just stand there. She has the same smile on that's just plastered on her face. Right. It's uh, a glamorous on paper Valentine's Day, but not actually. Right. As, As is, we... we see that 
I wrote, Don has to stop humping. <laughs> That's in the and next it was, scene. Yeah. Or uh, they, you know, they go together. But Betty, like, makes a series of excuses for him where he's like, we've got all night. I wish you'd tell me what to do. Yeah. I drank too much. We drank we too need much. We need to eat. Yes. Let's watch TV, essentially. Right. I, I read in my book that some people theorize that the phenobarbital <laughs> that he was prescribed oh, might have affected his performance. Oh, yes. But yes. also maybe not. So I don't know if that... It definitely easy. could. Yeah. yeah. This book actually says that's a stupid theory, but I think it's a fun theory. <laughs> I like it. I mean, you know, it's probably a bit of both. If he is actually 36... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has high blood pressure. And he has... So if he's actually 36 and he has high blood pressure and Uh he's like in a boring ass marriage true, and he's on phenobarbs, I wouldn't be able to get it up either. Same girl. My dick would be soft as can be. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, we're not doctors, but that is incontrovertible. Mm -hmm. So... The other scene in between those two scenes in the hotel room, Pete makes a big show of giving Trudy some chocolates and then demands to eat one and then bitches about it. Okay, now here's my theory that because all the whole day in the office, everybody is talking about how the men are bringing candy and chocolates to the women, Mm -hmm. to the secretaries. My theory is Mm -hmm. he just stole that from the office and brought it home for Trudy. (sighs) That he didn't actually go out and buy it. He just took... One of the many, like, yeah. boss to secretary chocolate candy uh-huh. boxes and just brought it home. That is totally doable. I could see that. That's... He did pull it out very, you know. It, I think it was funny the way he made a big show of pulling it out of just this paper bag <laughs> as if that was some kind of sexy surprise. <laughs> but, yeah. Those that he the bag could have been on the secretary's desk. It could have been. I'm happy with this theory. All right, I'm sticking with it. Also, I'm loving Trudy's hair. Yeah. Both she and then later Betty have the same mod flip. Yeah. They're doing that flip, which is really fun. Mm -hmm. And also further evidence that we're later into the 60s. Mm -hmm. They've pushed it just a little bit further up. Yeah. I like that Pete calls her Tweety. Yes. (laughs) Did you hear that? Yes, I liked it. And Tweety is upset because her friends are getting pregnant. And she tells Pete the story <laughs> about a woman who's who was like had a baby, like a small child who's pushing a stroller. And she was big and pregnant. Right. And Pete's like, the daughter was pregnant. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's just like trying to follow her story right. and not really caring that she's upset. Right. She calls her a dumpy woman. Stumpy <laughs> woman has three kids and they're buying fruit like it's any other day. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? What does that mean? People aren't allowed to buy fruit? It was funny. She's just, her like whole purpose and her parents are pushing it for, on her too is just to procreate. And right. they're now like almost two years into their marriage and they haven't done it yet. So, right. and you know, Pete doesn't even know if his boys are working yet, as you predicted he would say. <laughs> maybe they're not and then we have a couple more short scenes of people watching this jackie o tour yes you got sal eating pie with a lady yeah but his eyes are all on jackie yeah (laughs) he is not that interested in this woman who is also in another adorable red dress 
Oh, I didn't know. I was tracking all of these red dresses. Yeah. I mean, it's Valentine's Day. And Trudy is not in anything especially fancy or Valentine's-y. I think she's in like something brown. Yeah. And she even says, like, the time got away from me. I was upset. I didn't make dinner. Mm -hmm. They're like still newlyweds. And this is, they're not even trying on Valentine's Day. Right. Like he had some chocolates and she is just crying. Right. (laughs) Like there is nothing else that they had planned. Right. And I mean, if you're trying to make a baby, you would think that you would kind of jump on Valentine's Day as like a chance for that. Mm -hmm. But... It's just not working out for them. Speaking of trying to make a baby, Joan is smooching a boy, and but like just watching TV right. again. And so this is the doctor that Roger referred to. He's cute. Well, and young. Here's the thing. Okay, tell it to me. And I was wondering about this. So this character, that character, is in the show going forward, but they recast the actor. Oh. So I don't know if we see that actor again. Oh. And the person they replace him with is very cute, but I don't. I never noticed that i wonder if in the past i was just like oh this must have been some other boyfriend of jones Uh but don't get too attached and i can say this for real not like the switchboard ladies that actually did show up more (laughs) (laughs) that actor is not around okay all right but we can also see joan is not that into him whoever he is Right. I mean, she's everybody. Why is everybody so obsessed with this White House tour? I I think people just really loved this, the first lady. And it's, you know, for those who think young, the Kennedys were like these, this young couple in the White House. And she was a fashion icon. And I I think it's just one of those, like, it's like how Pepsi was in the zeitgeist, you know, in 1962, you were obsessed with Jackie Kennedy. Right. I mean, I wasn't there. (laughs) So I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, look at look at the way people follow, you know, Michelle Obama or the royal family. Right. How much you love Melania. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> How dare you? How dare yeah. you? <laughs> and Pete is just picking through the chocolates and he's watching something else. He yeah. doesn't even care. He has eaten all of those chocolates. Yeah. And then I made a fashion note. Oh. I wrote PPP for perpetually pregnant Patty, yep. who is not pregnant. Yeah, she's got some sleek ass green pants. She's got a big green jacket, and yep. she's wearing a chain. She looks smoking, yes, and she, she is smoking. She is smoking. Yeah, the yeah. women. So sort of across the board. And she's board, wearing pants too. She's wearing. That's pants. That's something I just realized. She is wearing yep. pants. And Betty is wearing pants more often in this episode as well. Mm. So all of the women are, yeah, Mm -hmm. they're moving away (laughs) from that more formal 1950s dress. Housewife. Yep. Yeah. And she's talking about the Jackie Kennedy tour, but Betty lies and was like, essentially like we were were too busy banging our bodies together too hard to watch TV. And then she big times times two and is like. I ran into this friend and Dawn agreed with me that she was a call girl. Yeah. She pretends she could tell. Oh, Betty. You dumb bitch. (laughs) Quit trying to show off to your friend. Right. And her friend responds by saying, Butterfield 8. Did you catch that? I did. And I had no idea what she said or what it meant. Yeah. The fuck is that? So I was was like, here's some lingo. That's fun. Butterfield 8 was a Elizabeth Taylor movie where she... Essentially, I don't know that she was actually an escort, but she did sex work things. And okay. 
And it was from like 1960, so it was in the air. Sure. And Butterfield 8 is a reference to like a phone number that's apparently in a fancy part of New York or something like that. Oh, okay. But I really liked the idea of, I was hoping that it was just a phrase of just saying Butterfield 8, because I would love to just say that. Right. That scene, that whole scene where they're talking about all of that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Just the dynamics between them yes and i'm searching right now how much 25 dollars was in 1960 <laughs> because she talks about how her dad uh-huh. perpetually pregnant patty oh talks yeah about how her dad anytime she needed a little bit of extra money uh-huh. her dad would send her 25 dollars. so 25 dollars in 1960 is uh-huh. equivalent in purchasing purchasing power to about 219 dollars and 79 cents today that's pretty good yeah so every and it may have been even earlier than that true true yeah because yeah, she's she's saying when she was in college mm-hmm. she's kind of i mean i don't want to step on your toes but is she like moving up toward the boss bitch list perpetually pregnant patty yeah like she's she's kind of nipping at the heels of being she's... a little bit i'm curious to see where she goes yeah she might earn herself a strumpet trumpet i don't think she's there mm-hmm. yet yeah but she's getting there she's pretty cool i like her i don't i, I really don't like dislike her yeah i like that i like yeah. the actresses a lot a lot as well so we're back in the office they're talking about harry crane's wife being pregnant uh-huh. i think they had mentioned it earlier it trudy says that harry crane's oh. wife is pregnant oh that's who they were talking about yes yes <laughs> I don't know how i didn't pick up on that yeah so trudy that's part of what she's upset about yeah, yeah. I know I knew it was someone, but for some reason I just didn't register that it was Harry Crane. But they're out in the middle of There's the in the office, bullpen, yeah. And they watch as these two youths <laughs> walk in to an interview and they're discussing like the dynamics between Duck and Dawn and like who is actually in charge of each other. Mm-hmm. And Ken has this crazy little speech about Dawn having a rope around Duck's neck. Yes. Yes, there's a rope under his deck desk and it's uh-huh. around Duck's neck. And every time Duck is getting further and further and further out until yoink. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, descriptive. And you know what? He's the writer. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that he would have that to say. Mm-hmm. And then Peggy's like, um, <clears throat> nobody told me. I was me. not invited to this meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody told me there was a meeting. And so what did you think of this little partner writing team? These young guys? Yeah. I Okay, I was very confused at first. Yeah. A lot of this episode, I was just like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> uh-huh. One of the guys, the one with the accent, who's apparently not a citizen, I, I don't know what he was saying. I literally <laughs> could not. I could not understand a yeah. word that was coming out of his mouth. I was like... Your face yeah. is cute and your sweater is awesome, but the fuck are you saying? Uh-huh. And they are apparently 25 and 22. So young. They're very, they're young, young babies. It was funny. At some point, Peggy's like, I'm 22. I don't know what the big deal right, is. Like, right. I'm a young person. The book points out that they're too young to know to wear suits. Right. Like, they look so out of place. And part of it's just like, they don't even, they're, they're not, they're, they're out there in the world. They think young, like Pepsi wants yeah. them to. So then Joan is still figuring out copier, where to put the Xerox. copier. I love it. Yeah. And, and she, she's, uh, Lois comes to see her and, and she says, you were crying in the break room, which I've specifically forbidden. <laughs> I love that line. I've explicitly <laughs> forbidden that. <laughs> 
and she was crying because Peggy had yelled at her, and like, and then at some point Joan's like, "This is why I don't allow crying in the break room. It erodes morale. There are places to do that, like your apartment." <laughs> oh. And that's why she tells her not to call Peggy by Peggy, yes, but Miss Olson. Olson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I love when Joan is like, "The next time you want to complain," and she says, "I wasn't complaining. You came to talk to me." <laughs> Yeah. Like, Joan's like, going to yell at you and then say it's your fault. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it's, her, though. I love it's like, her. oh, you were trying to remove yourself from other people and just get some emotion out. Right. Well, guess what? <laughs> that was wrong. <laughs> I wrote the quote, there are other ways to think of things than the way you think of them, but I don't remember who said it and who they said it to. There are other ways to think of things. Hmm. Isn't that exciting? What a fun little mystery that I embedded in this I do episode. remember that line, but now I don't remember who said it. All right. So, Brian, when you hear this, <laughs> I need you to tell us <laughs> who said there are other ways to think of things in the way you think of them. <laughs> All right. That's been our call to action Great. for our one fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then they do have this meeting in Pete's office, and I noticed on his desk... It's that portrait of Trudy, and they've adapted it. The mm. one that they showed in episode one that's that not was of just random Trudy. person. Right. Yeah. And now they have one that's Allison Brie, and I thought that was fun. And then there's this crazy, weird exchange where Pete asks Peggy if she wants to have kids. And she's like very slowly yes. and like has a strange smile. And she's like, eventually. And he says, exactly. <laughs> He doesn't want to get Trudy pregnant. I don't think he does. No, no, because she says eventually, and he's like, exactly, eventually. What's the rush? Yeah. I'm only 14. (laughs) I didn't know these boys were working yet. Exactly. I I just keep saying that. (laughs) I don't know why. But yeah, that's like really the closest this episode gets to addressing the fact that Pete and Peggy had a baby together right. in the last episode. Well, that and and the, this idea that Don knocked her up. Oh, my dog True. is making all sorts of noises. Fun. <laughs> He's dreaming. He's having doggy yeah. dreams. Aww. Okay, you're all right, buddy. Stop. I have a cat that's clawing at my door <laughs> and meowing. So Animals we're both being attacked by our pets. Are the worst. Sometimes they're the best, Oh, so. don't get worked up. Yeah. There are other ways to think of things than the way you think of them. <gasps> Duck says that to Don. Okay, okay. Brian, you've been released <laughs> from your obligation. Yes, because yeah. Don says to Duck, so this happens. Mm-hmm. So he ends up hiring Smitty and Kurt, and they're oh, going perfect. to share an office. This is before what we're talking about with, yeah. with Peggy and do you want to eventually have kids? Uh-huh. We'd rather people not know we're here, the young-ass kids yeah. say to them. Mm-hmm. And Don says to Duck, now that I've given you your babies and your Xerox machine, should I bring in the elephants? I don't want there to be any excuse when you can't bring in Martinson's coffee. Oh, damn. Yes. Yeah. And that's when Duck gets all sassy and is like, there's other ways to think of things than the way you think of them. Yeah, Duck has like a, he's got an arrogance about him that's really off-putting to me. Yes, I don't like him. Yeah, because we don't know anything about him other than like he left under suspicious circumstances his last job and he hasn't like earned our admiration right <laughs> like he's not fun like roger or don even though they're dickheads right in real life he is having an effect because now we have two new copywriters i guess yeah whoever the fuck they are <laughs> schmitty and kurt sal and peggy present 
this new Mohawk ad to Don because Dale is sick. I don't know. We didn't know why Dale was there in the first place, and now he's gone, so okay. <laughs> right. And then there's this crazy back and forth between Don and Peggy where Don starts talking about, like, using the child as nice. the focus, and Peggy's like, sex sells. And Don's like, the people who think that that is true think that monkeys can do our job. Right. And he's really, like, talking to Peggy as an equal. As, like, anytime he talks to Peggy, he's, like, giving her his wisdom that he knows. It's such a strong like mentor a, thing. Right. It's very much a mentor thing. And she's got so much attitude. She really does. She has... It, it, the thing that's frustrating for me with Peggy right now is that... Yeah. She's behaving as if she's been doing this for years. She isn't getting yeah. the respect that she deserves. Everybody is like, you know, kind of brushing over her. When the truth yeah. is, she's been doing this for a year. Yeah. And here is Don actually giving her a lot of respect and treating her like an equal at a time when, I mean, granted, she always should have been treated like an equal, but at a time when that is somewhat uncommon. For yeah. a woman to be in yeah. this position, and then not only in this position, but being treated mm -hmm. fairly well by the the boys' club, and yeah. she's got so much attitude. Like <laughs> you guys just yeah. aren't, aren't respecting me. I'm an old. I've been uh, in this for too long. And it's uh -huh. like, bitch, shut up. It's she comes on a little strong. I agree with she's that. She's coming on it's, too strong. Yeah. It's like you got to take your licks a little bit, just like with anything. Mm -hmm. When you're coming up, especially, I would feel like especially in this kind of career, there's yeah. a learning curve, and there's probably a, a steep one. Well, here's 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 the thing, though. He he gives her this talking, and they talk through it, and then. She comes up with the line that makes him happy. Mm -hmm. Like she, she figures it out, and they become like they, they mind meld, and he signs off on it. And like that, can, you can put that in your book. Like mm -hmm. she's, she rises to the occasion of Don's mentorship, right? And, and that kind of, like I, th I think yes, she's definitely acting in this way that she hasn't. I, ha I personally don't have a problem with because i think she can she has to defend herself however she can but, what is but she i totally defending? get yes that's what that's what's bothered she has this sort of unearned arrogance because from what they've shown mm -hmm. us anyway yeah they're they're she's on the attack she's not on the defense she's on yeah. the offense so often this attitude comes out before anything happens mm -hmm. to her now, if it was That's like true. they were constantly belittling her or, you know, being sort of misogynistic in a, in a broader way, I and it was a response that to that, that, though. I think they are, though, because they tell her, they ask her, like, are there more glasses? Right. So you those go get Dawn. They have a meeting and they don't invite her. I guess that's true. They, she, she, when they're leaving Pete's office, she's the one who's cleaning up all the binders. They all just leave their shit there. That's she has true. to clean up after them. I think that it's there's not really a good right way for her to act. And she has to be on top of things. Like she has to be. I know, you know, it's a thing that. And I'm not trying to say that it's the same. I've heard like black people will say they have to be twice as good to get the same kind of 
credit for what right. they're doing and, and right. recognized in their work. And she's in that kind of, she's like a diversity hire, essentially, in that she's Ooh. a woman and people are treating her differently. So, like, it's a bit off-putting. I'm not sure that that's just not our internalized misogyny that's not able to uh, deal with a woman trying to be a boss bitch in the 1960s. But there's, but here's the thing, yeah. because there are other mm-hmm. women in this show who are doing yeah. it without being so off-putting. Like who? Like Joan. She's people hate Joan. <laughs> people people hate her. She just, but I yeah. don't feel like she has unearned arrogance. Well, we didn't see her when she was at the bottom of the ladder. And mm-hmm. also, she uses her feminine wiles in a way that Peggy, I don't think, can. Right. No, right. I mean, yeah. Peggy, the, and Peggy shouldn't. Like, right? Like, nobody should have uh-huh. to use their feminine wiles to, to move up. There's just, I don't know. There's something about Peggy. I get it. There's something about I her. I totally get it. I get She's it. She's got attitude. She's got attitude. She does. She does. But so does Don. And he's great. I don't like him either. Okay, well, there you go. I told you when this show started, they t- <laughs> in that very first episode, uh-huh. they had a yeah. line that came up. or like, these are the Mad Men. And I was like, oh, I hate all of them. Yeah. I hate everyone. Fair. I like Sal. That's about it. Yeah. Sal's a, Sal's a sweet boy. Sal like and Mama, Mama Merkin. <laughs> yeah, she's great. So eventually, the copier has found a home in Peggy's I office. I love that. And but also, they're having a party. How did it fit through the door? Oh, I don't know. I was like, I don't hey. understand this. I mean, that's what the guy said. You tell, he'll, he'll try as many places as you want. Just tell me where to put it. Okay. Yeah, you get it I'm, now. <laughs> I'm there. I'm with you. It's a, it's a sex show. He did not take any phenobarbital. <laughs> <laughs> no, ma'am. So then we get to the scene we were talking about earlier where they're in the elevator Right. There's a new elevator operator, because remember, the old one got fired after right. Peggy reported her money stolen. Right. And so Don chastises the, the men. And then I thought it was funny, when the door opens, Don like motions to the woman to go out first, as if she could see him at all. Mm-hmm. Like, that was like a weird, bad... It it felt like a silly acting choice of yeah. like... He's, she's not looking at you, Don. but I guess... You know what? I bet that was a gesture for the men. I Yeah, you know what? I think you're right. Like, you fucking lady, assholes, this is why. First. Yeah, this is how this is supposed to go down. Right. Just yeah. kind of like, right. in the same in the same vein of, take your hat off, you're being rude. It was like, yeah. this, you know... Yeah, he's all of a sudden a paragon of uh, chivalry. Exactly, right. Uh-huh. Right. Then I wrote, Betty pulls over and tries to get murdered. Too dumb to live? <laughs> like the dog. Because, yeah, exactly. She's, she, she, she has car trouble. There's this old lady that stops that she's just like on a dark road and stops the first random stranger. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. was in these scenes that we had some non-diegetic sound. There is some very spooky oh. underscoring, which mm. helps usher in that feeling yeah. of like, you're too dumb to live, right? Here, yeah. <laughs> if we would have had some like, it wouldn't have felt so creepy. But they specifically put in some underscoring that mm-hmm. was like, bah, bah. 
What would you think if they killed off Betty in the first episode of the second season? I would have been so happy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, back at the ranch, Don gets home and I wrote, pours a pint of whiskey and then offers yes. Carla a ride to the train. Right. And then eats his son's dinner. Right. And then back to Betty, she doesn't have enough cash for repair and she decides... She's going to try her hand at being a party girl. being a party girl. She's like, oh, if Juanita can do it. And she would rather risk exchanging sexual favors for car services than have Dawn know that her car broke down. And so it's almost like she wanted something to happen. She had an out. She didn't. This is this was the life that she has decided to choose for herself. Right. She's just leading a high risk lifestyle style. Yeah. Yes, she is. She's riding mm-hmm. horses. Yeah. Hello, that killed the little girl and Gone with the Wind. Danger. It sure as heck did. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Now she's <laughs> flirting with old creepy tow truck men mm-hmm. for a fan belt. Yeah, that was weird. Because, like, what was happening in their heads? I don't know. I don't know. But this is when some of that more creepy music was playing. In this scene where this was all Definitely. going down, you had that uh-huh. very ominous music. The mm-hmm. non-diegetic sound. Mm. So I love music corner with you. <laughs> so speaking of too dumb to live, Sally, they get home and Sally yells, Polly! And pets the dog. Mm-hmm. So the dog, dog update, still around. <laughs> Damn it. Didn't die in the last year and a half. All right. And then performs ballet for yes. the her parents. Right. And then and then Don writes in his book, Made Me Think of You, D, and mails it to someone. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about that? Well, I, I wrote obviously for Mama Merkin. Okay. So I think it's going to Mama Merkin. Ooh, okay. although now that I think about it and I uh-huh. think more about the type of book that it is, I think it's the art bitch. Okay, because we don't see any of his girlfriends in this no. episode, so we don't know who's he thinking of. And there was more underscoring in this as well, mm-hmm. in this scene, and voiceover, which they have not yeah. used yet. That's a device that they have not used. I don't think. I don't. I don't remember it either. I don't think. I don't think they've used the device of voiceover because even when he got the letter from his brother, yeah. I think he. I think it was diegetic sound. Mm. He was reading it okay. in the moment. It's good to think of. So that was an interesting choice as well. Yeah. So that's that's a that's a nice little like cliffhanger because he goes and he does that. He he like walks the dog in the middle of the night to to mail right. this. And I read that in that scene, the hedges and the mailbox were real, but everything else was blue screened in. So oh. just. Just a little, little factoid. Interesting. So this episode is for those who think young. And there were a lot of kids in it. You've got Harry Crane's pregnant. Pete and Trudy want to have a baby. Pete and Peggy did have a baby. Mohawk, they want children to be the focus of it. Mm-hmm. Don actually has interactions with both of his children. That's an unusual mm-hmm. episode when we actually see him... <laughs> Right. Interact with them. Duck they hire those babies. Wants, yeah, he wants children. And then we've got this new, the new copier, which is something new mm. and like we're moving forward. 
Right. And then with the copier, what is a copier but something that makes new versions of yourself? What is a child but a new version? <gasps> and then... Oh, look at you. And then you've got... So the book points out how when Don <laughs> is talking... When they're the first Mohawk meeting, you've got... I think Kinsey or whoever is talking about all these Native American versions. And it's like boring, same old, same old. And then he... Even he, Matt Soller cites, refers to what Don says is he's like doing a, a copy of Don, like where he's he gets bored with himself with his little monologue. Right. And what they really want to be is the needle, not the haystack. The haystack is just the same thing over and over again, but the needle's mm-hmm. standing out. And so it's mm-hmm. interesting that his version of standing out was don't hire young people, <laughs> hire the same old right. people you already have, but right. Those are just some things that I noticed. Look at you, analysis. It's it's nothing fancy. (laughs) It's all, it's just, anyway. Thanks, Cliff. Hey, it's uh, it's nothing. I'm happy to do it. Um, It's no trouble. Cliff Reynolds, everybody. Cliff Reynolds in the house. Glad you could join us. I assume you're talking about the guy from Cheers, because I don't know any other Cliffs. Nope, I've just made up a name for this character. Oh, yes. Yep, that's right. I knew that. I understand comedy. (laughs) So, do you have any more more fun notes on fashion, music, or anything else? No, I sprinkled them in throughout the ep. You did a great job of it. As we went along. Thank you. This was a big episode. There was a lot in there. There was a lot. There was a lot. There was a lot. I'm very... It was kind of boring. (laughs) Yeah? Which which is interesting for a season premiere. Okay. It was a lot of... Mm -hmm. It was a lot of catching back up with people. Yeah. And not much movement forward. Sometimes... With Mad Men, when you just watch it, it feels like you're just watching a workplace drama about an advertising agency. Like, it's just like, okay, they have to pitch a thing, and then they pitch it. Uh, They have to go home to their wives and talk to them. The end. Right, right. And I think that's why I appreciate people who, unlike Cliff Reynolds, are talented (laughs) uh, (laughs) analysts of television, because they can be like... Well, didn't you notice X, Y, and Z pulled these three things together and Mm -hmm. A, B, and C were all parallels of each other. And and that's just, it's just a, it's just a meaty, complex, but it's not as flashy as a secret baby or anything. No, that's true. But I think it'll be interesting to track going Uh forward the other season premieres Ah. to see if they sort of follow in this vein because... Uh Especially as they as they do these time jumps, which I imagine mm-hmm. will continue. Okay. I think it will have to be a kind of like recentering mm-hmm. each each season. Like, look where we now it's nineteen sixty four, and look where mm-hmm. everybody is now. Mm-hmm. Peggy's secret baby is now with the teacher, <laughs> who is the aunt of the nurse. Mm-hmm. So that'll just be something interesting to yeah to track. Yeah, definitely. Like, they have so much to work with, like, in fashion, in terminology. They're referring to the first lady in this thing. They're referring to 
Pepsi all the time, but also right. this their hair has changed, their weight has changed, their relationships have changed, and so it's it's inter- it, yeah, we can definitely make sure that we pay attention to those things and just mm-hmm. appreciate them. And maybe the next time we'll actually realize that they happened while we're watching the episode. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, before before we get to the next premiere, we need to know what's going to happen, Ashley, in season two, episode two. All right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is everyone's favorite segment. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So season two, episode two. All right. Well, Betty... Uh-huh. And the horse riding guy, the young mm-hmm. horse riding guy, they're they're gonna start chatting. Okay. They're gonna have some sort of more concrete flirtation. Uh-huh. She's gonna learn that it's okay to flirt with with men who are a little bit older than Glenn. <laughs> it's not where I saw it going and I love where you took it. So that that sort of flirtation is going to begin. And let's see what else. Oh, Peggy. Uh-huh. Peggy is just going to start just snapping at people the minute they walk in the room. Wow. She's just going to say, hey, uh-huh. shut up. <laughs> and they're going to be like, Ooh, sorry, Miss Olsen. That's how they're going to sound. I mean, that's how they sound when I do that. So that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, so Dawn sent uh-huh. that book to Art Bitch Midge. Okay. And she's going to read it, and she's going to start meditating. Mm. And in the... Now, I don't know that that's what that book is about. <laughs> it she, is not, but, I mean, she seems like the type, so... Right, so she's going to start meditating, and in this journey of hers, in these meditations, uh-huh. she's going to come to see that what she really wants out of life mm-hmm. is actually to be a... a a high-powered businesswoman. Mm. She's going to give up her bohemian lifestyle. Okay. And she's going to start... This is all just in episode two. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's going to start a, <laughs> a competing marketing firm. <laughs> I love this. All because Don sent her that book and it just awakens something in her. That is a solid hijink. That I cannot yeah. wait to come to fruition. Yeah. Joan. Yes. Is going to. I'm still waiting for her to go full dominatrix. Okay. <laughs> so I think we start to see the seeds. Uh-huh. Maybe there's more leather involved, like in mm-hmm. things that she's wearing. More leather. My cat is. I can hear it. You can hear him? I can hear he it. He's <laughs> loud. <laughs> There's nothing in this room other than me. It's just well, a closed door best, that he's mad about. That's the best thing. Yeah. yeah, that's what he needs. Um, okay, and then Pete and Trudy. Uh-huh. Trudy is going to go out to lunch in the city. She's going to run across the nurse. Uh-huh. The nurse is on her lunch break from the hospital, and and somehow they meet up, and the nurse lets it slip that, you know, I just got a room full of babies. <laughs> <laughs> Trudy is like, oh, really? Oh. And she follows the nurse home and she steals a baby. Yeah. But she can't let Pete know Mm -hmm. that she has stolen this baby. So she builds her own secret room in their (gasps) apartment. (laughs) Okay. Hides the baby Uh and starts slowly pretending to be pregnant and like over time wearing a larger and larger padded Uh belly. 
Yeah. But she doesn't have to wait a full nine months because Pete is so stupid and also yeah. only 14. Yes, he's a dumb, but he doesn't dumb realize He doesn't realize how long a human gestation is. <laughs> so by episode four, yeah. she has had a complete pregnancy and now she can uh, show Pete the, the baby that she has stolen. Now, can I pitch? It is Pete and Peggy's baby. No, because that oh. baby is now like nearly two years old wow so it's a toddler i like where your head is at but i'm gonna shut that down real hard forgive me this this is is not your segment this is not kate predicts shit she's already seen i'm sorry i'm punching up your (laughs) predictions don't workshop my baby forgive me this is not a collaboration (laughs) i'm just the scrivener in this situation So those are my predictions. Uh, okay. As for, for lingo. Yes, please. I think somebody is going to say, are we having fun yet? <laughs> <laughs> is it Adam Scott? <laughs> or another waiter? Or is this, ooh, I'm sorry for punching up your predictions. Do you think that Sterling Cooper put on the ad that Adam Scott was in, in Party Down, where he would always say, are we having fun yet? Right. No. Okay. That's what <laughs> I thought. No, that's <laughs> I'm just right. kidding. No, just I think kidding. you're right. Okay. Thanks. Not Party no, Down ad. No, not Party Down. No, right. no, no. I deserve no, that's, that. That's a different Wait. universe. It's all one universe. It is all one universe. Though I um, would love Party Down to be like a reboot of Mad Men. <laughs> that would be just fabulous. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That was a good ass show. It was a great show. I watched it a few months ago again. It was so good. All right. Well, when we do our our panties down <gasps> podcast. <laughs> That's gonna. Have... I just saw. I saw uh-huh. a whole wave and range of emotion take over your face just then. <laughs> first, first I saw delight. No, first yeah. I saw saw surprise. Yeah. Followed quickly by delight. Uh huh. And slowly morph into complete sadness. <laughs> just utter, yeah. utter sadness yeah. and a little bit of shame. Well, there's always that. <laughs> Brene Brown hasn't knocked that out of me yet. Well, I was, th- I was first. I was, you know, shamefully trying to think like, was there another one? But there's clearly you cannot improve on panties down. And then I realized how many people would download that podcast under mistaken assumptions. And then I was like, should we do it? Because uh, I mean, listen, like... if we want Casper mattresses to sponsor us. <laughs> I think there is a natural synergy between these two. Yes. Yeah. We're together. All right. This has been excellent. Uh, That was for those who think young. uh, Check out our social media, Rad Mad Women, for updates on the podcast and like and pictures of what we talked about. That's really what I love. I love. Kate, let me just say right here on this podcast right now, Mm -hmm. you're crushing it on the social media game. Oh my god, thank you. I am not a I'm not good at keeping up with the instas. Yeah. I don't even know how to tweet. Yeah. So 
when I see it's that terrible. things have been added. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I see that things have been added and then I look at it and I say, oh, mm-hmm. those are clever things. Oh. So friends, if you're seeing things on our Instagram, that's all Kate. Hey now. I'm happy to do it. But if you're seeing, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, it was put together by Ashley. So <laughs> I am just trying, scrambling to catch up to Teamwork. that contribution. Yes. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening right. to Mad Women. We did it. And as we say at the end of every episode. Oh, shit. Merry Mad Men to all. To and all. To all and a to good all night. a good Mad Men. Mm, when? So I, I want to get it right. Worse. I'm, I am getting worse. Thank you for listening to Mad Women. Mad Women is engineered by Ashley Davis, music by Kate E. Britt, and graphics by Dylan Anderson. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RadMadWomen. Production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.